Radio TRO is in search of sponsors. Sponsors get a detailed product mention at the beginning of every episode in our catalog. You can submit your own advertisement or we can read one for you. Visit email.tro.bike and contact us directly to learn more. Greetings, TRO listeners. Brian Ringer here. I am a hairy, middle-aged, white, cishet dude, and so's Robin. Nothing wrong with all that, but we want to freshen this place up and hear some other voices. If you are, first of all, a sport touring motorcyclist, and you are someone with a different set of life experiences, and you have something interesting to talk about for a few minutes, we want you to get in touch about a guest segment. Email podcast at tro.bike or hit the website for other ways to place electronical signals into our brain cavities. Hello, everybody. I'm 75% of Robin Dean. I'm like 87.3% of Travis Burleson. And I'm Tim Clark, operating at about 85% capacity. And this is, in fact, the Riding Obsession Podcast. Here we go. Today we'll be talking about, I forgot to fill in that question mark, uh, post-garage night dog poop and phantom BMWs. We'll also eventually express concerns over industry moaning and the give a shift cause. Travis, you talk. I, I can't do it anymore. How, how are you doing, man? Oh, you know, there's like stuff and, and things and stuff. Uh, where'd my outline go? Things oh. and stuff. Um, yeah, moped. I'm working working on the moped. I bought a moped. Moped. You no, know, and I'm working on a moped. A moped. Uh, it's coming along. So I painted it. Uh, so the body and the swing arm are all uh, bed liner black, which is easy to touch up, which I like. Um, I got the wheels painted in like a uh, dark metallic silver gray. They kind of look like OEM equipment on a BMW car. <laughs> um, so I you're saying be, what was going to be a Ninja 650 is now an actual, it's an R1000S. Maybe the shocks are still high-vis. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I just, I couldn't find paint to match the shocks. It was either too yellow or it was too green. I couldn't find anything that was the right high-vis yellow-green color. It seems like you did anywhere. get the color of shock you wanted. Well, they were on sale, so yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Like <laughs> They were on clearance because they were high-vis and no one wanted them. Now, um, could so you reach those. out to the company and find out what paint code they used? Hmm. Oh, you mean, well, I mean, I could have reached out to treatland.tv and then see who actually manufactures these shocks that they it's sell. It's.com. <laughs> and then reach out to them. <laughs> So you got to dig pretty deep to find that info. Yeah, not worth it. Though my favorite thing, so I've been ordering a lot of stuff from treatland.tv for the moped. And I don't know where they got it from or why they have it. <laughs> but they've been sealing all their box with a Victoria's Secret tape. <laughs> oh, oh, I like that. That's so I'll get like a, So I got like a big box with like tires, tubes, shocks, gaskets, a bunch of parts in it big box just big strip of pink says victoria's secret on all the, on all the edges 
and I bet my male lady, who I'm like friend lady, and then she was like, "What are you guys doing?" Our winter lingerie catalog oh, is absolutely heavy metal. Uh, did you see what I did there? Did you see what I did, Tim? You, see, you yeah. know what I did? You yeah, I'm Woo! with you on that, man. I'll tell you what. <laughs> nothing. Well, nothing. You gotta be confusing the hell out of her because what kind of box of panties weighs 10 pounds yeah <laughs> or weighs like 40 pounds yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like sh- shocks and tires yeah dude um, <laughs> but uh yeah i painted the tank too so the tank is also the uh the gray of the uh the wheels um but it's it's still chrome on top and then it's going to be gray and then it's going to be black um so that should come up pretty cool i'm just waiting for the cure so i can sand it down and, and polish it up and clear coat it nice. um well, yeah, I got hardware today to put the front fender together. I got a drill because I, the, like, after extensive Googling and some other stuff, like, I'm learning a lot and I messed up and I ordered, like, the wrong fork brace and the wrong fender. But I'm going to make them work. <laughs> well, you, you, you going to try to fab it? Yeah. So there's, like, depending on the model year and which model you got, because there's, like, six different, like, actual Pook brand mopeds. Okay. From the era, and then there's and then there's all the like mine like the J.C. Penny brand, and then there's a Sears brand, and then there's a what? So there's and they're all made basically by the same company, but they're all slightly different from each other. Okay. And depending on which wheel sets you have, and which fender you have, and which forks you have, and there's like all these slight variations that I am not up the stuff on so i ordered the wrong fork brace which i made work with some spacers ordered the wrong fender which i'm going to make work by drilling some extra holes in it and <laughs> adding some spacers yeah um but it's a, it's also a moped so like who cares like who you cares just yeah it together with i'm just screening it together with home depot hardware and it'll be fine yeah um mm-hmm. shoot i put I'm that on, cl- i put that on the hog gt yeah i'm very close to it all it's metric and it's stainless steel and if i can get it in stainless steel so it's fine Ain't broke, don't fix it. Is broke, fix it well enough. Some of that hardware might be better than the original equipment. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah, when I when I re I eventually want to rebuild the engine on it and maybe put a big bore kit on it. The engine case is held together with mild steel flathead screws. <laughs> oh my god! Wow, <laughs> that are like six inches long. Yeah, so if you can get it apart without it breaking, yeah, I'm going to replace them with hex stainless steel hexes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so and yeah, same thing. Like so, so many of those parts are so rusty. By the time I took them off, there's a 40 year old German mild steel uh, bolts that it's like now just replace it with stainless steel from the Home Depot or wherever, and it'll be fine. So, um, but yeah, but it's got pedals. I got the engine in. I got to put the exhaust together. Um, I think I'm going to use your leftover exhaust packing, Robin, to make the gasket on the exhaust because I don't want to buy it. In order. <laughs> um, and it's kind of hard to track down. All you got to do and, is like sweep um, up your floor and you'll have an entire exhaust set up right there. My my last trip to your house with, with that exhaust effort was the messiest, I'm going to drink and then I'll see you in a week type thing. That yeah. <laughs> what did you do with that, um, with your fleece that was completely covered in fiberglass it is still in the basement in a bag <laughs> it is in a sealed containment scenario in our basement yeah 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 the uh but that's um that's yeah, it it looks to get i got to do the wiring too at some point but it like the engines on the frame the wheels are on the fenders are kind of on the rear fenders on i got to put the front fender on 
do the lights, do the ignition, do the wiring, speedo, headlight, all the cables. But it's uh, putting the tires on today. Look, I just it looks. I put the tires. I put the wheels on the bike with the tires on it, and I'm just like, ah, yeah. excited. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nice. So, and what else is what else is new? I put like I got the tall Honda windscreen for the NC700X. Found one on eBay cheap, so I figured if it, I don't like it, I can always sell it for what I paid for it because it's like the used price. <laughs> um, and it's I wrote it the other day, and it's just really loud. Unless I sit, unless I sit perfectly upright, it's like if I slouch, it, if I sit upright, it's clean air, which <laughs> might be a good excuse to clean air, <clears throat> or I might modify it and put a lip on it or something I don't, know, I don't know but we'll figure that out those add-on lips never seem to do much good though they they try but it's like the only way that those lips work is if you extend them fully and just make the windshield bigger yeah yeah so that, that's basically it. it's like if i i'm going to modify the mounting point so i can move it up a bit in the mount and then i'm going to put a lip on it and then i think it'll clear my head so mm. but yeah that's uh that's about it for for bike stuff for me, Tim. What have you been up to? That I've right, uh, right. I've been a part of some of it, but what else have you been up to? All right. Well, the uh, the one of the big things was the garage night. It was the first time I've hosted one of those. I'm really happy. A lot of people showed up. I think we, I don't know, we had 10, 10 11 guys in there. Yeah. Well, I mean, all total, I think I counted thirteen people that came by. And Jody. And Jody. Yep. Yeah, that was great. There was actually some work done on bikes. Yeah. Nice. Mostly Jody getting her new seat installed. She got a seat concepts set for her WR250R. And and Jody's Tim constantly putting the pneumatic staple gun on his junk. I wasn't going to say I was not going to say anything. I was oh, so yeah, going yeah. to that was yeah. Every time I looked over I, I was did, like, I, "Wow." I did tell him, "I'm a little concerned with where you're pointing that thing." We had a shop teacher in high school who accidentally drove a nail with a nail gun through his hand, through two boards. <laughs> I mean, I, <laughs> it just it kind of yes. brought me back to that, and I wasn't in the room for that event. All I remember was that he said, now don't do this. This is one of those things only I should do because I'm, you know, I'm a teacher here. And, and he was like, thunk, and he just kind of calmly went, dang it, go call the nurse. <laughs> All right. You were saying. Yep. So, yeah, we had a good time. Um, mounted, got the GPS mount on my bike and wired that back to the battery. I'm waiting for the, uh, my PC8 little, uh, power distribution block, which did finally come in. I had to go to the post office this morning and pick it up as they apparently won't let something come in from Japan without a signature. What? So yeah. Yeah. That's strange. It's, yeah. It's a Canadian living in Japan. How? How much can you distrust that guy? <laughs> so that was the that was really good. I, we just barely kept ahead of the cold with both heaters going. And yeah. Speaking of which, I have a jet heater you might want. It's like a turbine heater. It's loud. It's louder, but it puts out some serious warmth. Yeah, that might be might be good. I don't know how much cold we're gonna have for the rest of the season, but. Yeah, if you uh, have gotten nowhere to put it, I'll take it. At the moment, I do not. Anyhow, go on. You were saying. All right, all right. So then we, uh, you got, you put your note in the in the outline here of your dog, because you did come up and hang out and stay uh, the night at my place. And yeah, yeah, yes. 
Still not quite sure what set her off. If it was the F-16s flying out of the Truax airport, what was happening? Or if she licked, licked an outlet. She might have licked a power outlet. There is. <laughs> if that's what happened, it will there never. There was an outlet there. She learned something valuable. Like, don't do that because it turns her butt into a massive high-powered golf course level sprinkler. And it was, I, I yeah. Sorry, buddy. Uh, and I, I appreciate the efforts you put into cleaning it up afterwards. That's, Good Lord. That's, this is going to be a matter of public record now. <laughs> it's going to, you know, when it finally warms up, I'm going to open up the windows and we'll see if we can get the air to clean out a little bit. Yeah. I should have done it on Saturday, but I didn't think about it. I was too busy taking the bike out for a ride. Oh, yeah. Go on. <laughs> so um, I, I bundled up. It was high 40s when I left the house. Yep. And I was going to just zing across town, but it felt so damn good. I just kept going. I was out for about four hours with a, a lunch stop built in there. Because I had to warm my hands up. My fingertips were starting to get painful because it was so cold. Um, but man, it, it felt great. Uh, you know, it you know, I threw together here a couple notes. Um, one of the big things to notice is the 21-inch front wheel and the 18-inch rear wheel. You know, you got the, the dirt bike style wheel set on this bike. Yeah. And with the long suspension, you know, I cranked a couple turns on the preload to give it the suspension in the back a little bit more stiffness for me. So I knew I'm heavier than the last owner. Um, for the most part, like I start out noticing like it's a heavier turn in the, than the CB 500, but that bike is so tiny and light. I know you, know, it's hard to expect anything else. I mean, you got dual 17s. I've heard this about the ADV bikes where the turn in is a lot more of a lit, like you do a lot more delayed apex. Yeah. 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 Which is fine. That's my normal riding behavior anyways. Yeah. Especially out in, you know, unknown roads, unknown surfaces. Unknown speeds. You, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But <clears throat> the bike behaved beautifully. I had no surprises other than one surprise with the DCT, which uh, I was in the drive mode, just the kind of like boring it's gonna short shift you know hit six gear by the time you're doing 45 and i was following a car on the back roads going about this car was going slow about 50 and a 55 and i was just waiting taking my time because the roads were cold tires were cold there was water on the roads sand on the roads but i found a spot where i was ready to pass him and i clicked it over to sport two <laughs> and hit the gas and it downshifted two gears and hammered <laughs> and I was doing 80 before I really kind of wrapped my head around what was going on God! and got it under control <laughs> yeah so uh, you know a little back road narrow back road I was hit nearly 90 passing this car I should say if this is anybody's first listen since Tim got his new bike we're talking about so 1000 Africa yep. Twin 1000. Yep. With the DCT. Monster beast of a machine. All right, go ahead. And that was fantastic. It, most of the time, I can't even feel the bike shifting underneath me. It's so smooth and it's so seamless that 
Yeah, it's almost like riding a scooter, a big scooter, <laughs> a really big scooter. And I, you know, I've had plenty of scooters and I just get a kick out of it. I, I love that bike. I think I'm going to just enjoy the hell out of it. Um, the one thing that bothers me with it, that has bothered me on the CB500, is the damn mirror mounts. Oh. So the mirror stock has got at the mirror a little bit of a pivot so you can adjust your mirrors but the mount it's a standard mount uh, a standard thread into the clutch perch or the brake perch and then the mirror stem screws into that piece on the perch with a reverse thread okay so you can it's mostly for rotational adjustments sure all the vertical and fine adjustments are out at the base of the mirror itself. Yeah. But it you lock it down with a jam nut. So you've got a reverse thread jam nut on top of a standard thread base. Ugh. So you tighten it down and you loosen the base. Yeah. So it really quickly turns into, I'm doing a minor adjustment for the position of the mirror itself and the whole thing is flapping in the wind. And you can't retighten this with your hands at a stoplight. You have to pull over and get the tools out to tighten this thing down. Yeah. Uh, you know how many bikes I've screwed up with, like, uh, vice grips? Just to, mang <laughs> just to mangle that garbage? Like, just, yeah. I give up and just clamp on it. Just, you know. Uh, so you, oh, yeah. what's your solution? Are you going to try to get mirrors that are standard thread? Well, the short term right now, I'm just Loctited the hell out of the base of it. And I'm hoping that when I tighten down the jam nut, it's going to stay put. It's like there was no thread locker on the on the base at all. I hope it will, but I'm sure it won't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'll. I just because I was thinking I was just going to blast around town for a half hour and come back home because it was cold. You know, I didn't bring any tools with me, so I'll just have the tools with me. You know, a couple. I think they're 13 millimeter nuts. Why would it be a convenient number? <laughs> um, so usually, like, uh, I'll take a, a small adjustable and uh, I'll have a 13 in my tool roll. For modern motorcycling, uh, we have perfected making any maintenance awkward. Yes. Yep. So th this is my first bike with traction control and ABS and ride modes and all that. So I've got a whole lot of things to play with. I only saw the traction control light flash once on on kind of an ugly train cr track crossing in town. I have a feeling that most of the time I won't see that light because when the traction control is flashing, I'm probably worried about other things than looking at a damn flashing light. Yeah, you can <laughs> feel the bike. Yeah, um, but I did have it because it was winter conditions. I was had it on the most intrusive, sensitive setting. <laughs> and courtship setting yeah 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 don't don't make anyone have to white knuckle too hard um i've never had a bike with abs before either i'm pretty excited about that i have had so many situations where i came into a corner too hot or something surprised me and had to get on the brakes hard i've in the past, gotten away with it because I was on really lightweight bikes. Like I, I remember dragging the rear end around a corner on a on the DRZ. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that I had no business of coming out of that corner alive. 
um i mean you've seen me at some of my most aggressive so yeah i i got caught out by this bad corner out on the kettle moraine area in southeast wisconsin where it's a come up a hill and it's a descending left hand that starts out with a a bank in your favor and finishes with a bank out of your favor And that transition, I always forget that that corner is there. And I've done it twice on that road. And I've nearly gone down both times. That's one of those situations where you're, <clears throat> the transfer of gravity while you're braking is what's going to really screw everything up. And I was thinking yeah. that with, with uh, I'm glad that all of us, and I mean all three of us, have learned to ride assertively and with pep without... ABS of any kind because mm-hmm. otherwise you know there's a lot of riders that they're coming into the game and just like all right well whatever ABS and it's like ah oh, you don't even know so they, they can just grab it like an on off switch I yeah. maintain the word grab you know instead of like manipulating the brake and yeah and I have no problem with using the brakes aggressively but I generally don't want to ever be in a find myself in a situation where I have to grab it hard enough that I see the ABS come on um, that means I haven't planned ahead. Now, now we have it. Well, you guys have. I don't have any ABS. Yeah, I'm considering it more if I get in a situation where I'm already being aggressive and, oh my God, there's sand or something like that. Yeah. Wow. Travis, you don't have ABS? No. You can only, on the NC700, you only can get it on the, on the DCT model for some reason because Honda's dumb like that. Awesome. Yep. So now I'm... Uh, Looking at um, engine protection, skid plates, engine guards. Oh, you're a buying man. You're spending. Yeah. Well, I'm hoping that the sale of the CB500 is going to offset those costs. So I need luggage, and then then I just need to buy a lot of gas. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the next plan, yeah. Nice. Buy a lot of gas and spend a lot of time on the thing. Uh, and that's uh, that's pretty much everything I got on there. How about you, Robin? Um, well, you know, nothing, not not really much. I mean, not much has been going on. I've been feeling kind of under the weather. You know, it's not really been up to much. Not too much going on. Not too much going. On. I bought a 2016 BMW R1200 RS. With only 560 miles on it, it's maxed out on features. That's right. I finally was broke this, down. Was this a demo bike? This was not a demo bike. This was a bought bike where the previous owner bought the bike, learned of his wife's pregnancy, and despite all angles of his family saying maybe you should you know, take that thing back, he was already kind of voluntary about it. So he returned the bike to the dealership with only 560 miles on it, which means when they take that bike in, they immediately do the 600-mile service. So this bike uh, has the 600-mile the service is already done, 560 total miles on it. It is cherry, and it has all the fixings. So it, I think it's maxed out. There are a couple of features I'm reading about in the manual that I'm not sure whether or not this bike has, but it's got ABS. It came with a, GV, a GPS. It's got the Navigator 5 there. 
It's got cruise control. It's got shift assist. It's got an electronically adjusted suspension. It's got the factory luggage, including the top case. Uh, heated grips come standard. It has a, a, a fully adjustable windscreen and the terror of financing a long-term purchase. So, um, it, is the windscreen? Is it uh, like? Can you adjust it with the zero knob, or is it like a pinch and lift, or is it electronic? Uh, it's pinch and lift. Okay. You basically grab the top of it and drag it upward. It's got four settings on there. There are some other ones. Oh, you just you just yank it and it moves. Basically, you just yank it and it moves. But right. then there, I've seen now there are three other windscreens I could get. So if I don't like this one, then on down the line I might mm-hmm. replace it. But man, I'm just I'm stoked. So yeah, and uh, you know, with that, that means that in order, same as you, Tim. Except I'm going to say it differently. In order to in order to finance the protection package, I'm most certainly going to install on this thing. I'm hoping that the Bandit sells at all. So I have to sell my beloved Bandit that I was planning to take to 100,000 miles at least. And now here she is at 62K. And eh, I guess you'll have to go, baby. Sorry. Well, <laughs> um, so that's my big news, man. The bike's not even here, though. It's at the dealership. I've read through all the warranties. I've read. I've gone through all the schematics. I've learned what I could through the forums. I even swapped out the seat because it had the lowest seat on there. So I uh, got the standard higher riding position seat in place. But I can't. I can't look through the manual because every time I do, it's like Gizmotronic option B is located on switch diagonal left of your thumb, and I'm just like, I got to see this bike. Where is this bike? It does amazing things. Mm-hmm. I can open. It will open up garage doors all over America. So. Uh, <laughs> That's the big, that's the big news. Um, in other news, uh, the Hawk GT, thanks to the help of Travis Burleson and Don Beeren, is a lot happier. And also myself. Uh, I rejetted the carbs. I gave them the richest option for a stage two rejet. Uh, but I also replaced the diaphragms. There were holes in the diaphragms on the carburetor. There's no way that that wasn't the cause of the backfire. So uh, basically re- rejetting, replacing the diaphragms, put on an aftermarket exhaust, and immediately the bike was just meaner, faster, and better. And yeah, and, so. And, and the back end breaking out all over the place on slick winter roads in Chicago. Yeah, the back end kicks out in fourth gear in this slime. It's, I mean, it's like riding in jello. It's, it's jello yeah. wrestling on a motorcycle. It's jello, re- it's jello wrestling with a motorcycle. Um, so Don Don B helped me uh, get the mount for the the uh, rear exhaust, and Senior Burleson helped me kind of configure a couple of things that needed to happen as well. Lots of power gains, no backfire. I helped you. I helped you break the header pipe off. Yeah, yeah, we, we yeah, well, we we discussed that last time. If you want some <laughs> if you want some information on how to not remove the exhaust on a Hawk GT, listen to the previous episode of this podcast series. Um, you know, I am surprised that. With the holes in the diaphragms, the backfire was the only symptom you were seeing. Yeah. I had heard that there were all sorts of nightmare problems that that could cause, like hanging idles and things like that. It, there was some bog. There was some definite one. Okay. You would give it gas, and all of a sudden you would feel it filling up with air. <clears throat> like oh, su- okay. superheated air, you could feel it going in. Yeah, because it wasn't. You were opening the valve, but the, the, the slide wasn't lifting, probably. felt that a track day. I thought the clutch was slipping, but maybe it's not. I don't know. Um but at any rate, uh, that'll bring us to updated site features and developments. Um, ladies and gentlemen, the members' maintenance area is working again. Something was wrong where JavaScript code that would write CSS caused it to fail. Um, now that is no longer an issue. Knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe! Uh, net. 
Yeah, it was beautiful. Navigation scheme. <laughs> the navigation scheme, the new navigation scheme for the site is pretty much done. Uh, it's easier to find what you're looking for. We also added a store and a links page, though the store only has our 2018 calendar, which is just 2017 photos. But buy it. It helps the site. helps us develop it. And that's the scoop. Now, I've got in here. We should talk about the tour. We should talk about the tour. We got to get people to sign up for this thing. It's going to be a good time. And I can't even begin to tell you how much I need it, especially coming from a sick head right now. Mm. I, every time I cough, it feels like my ears are about to bleed. But uh, this is a new little segment. It's really just an opportunity to try and convince you to sign up for one of our group motorcycle getaways. Currently, we only have one on the calendar with a duplicate possibly set for fall. Guys, are there any questions that hit you right upside the head, even though I have not really talked about it yet with the tour or with signing up for this type of thing? No is a perfectly good answer. Well, I think part of it is like I haven't looked at your maps yet and see kind of what you're do what the new route is compared to what we did before. It's so Cause... much better. It's so much better. Um, so first off, we used to run it counterclockwise, right? We, we did it twice counterclockwise, and now we run it clockwise, so the sun is to our back. We start out in Maysville, Kentucky. We take like a slow warm-up route that leads all the way up to Zanesville, Ohio, which is where we jump on the triple nickel. And Travis knows the triple nickel, so does Tim. Tim knows it a little bit differently than anybody else. <laughs> he knows all the side roads. Yeah, I started digging down and checking out the hillbilly sites. But I think the uh, the spot where, when we were going counterclockwise, there was a, a road through Virginia and West Virginia that people were like, you know what, that was just fine. I could have done that all day. You know, they were very into it. The route took us off of that. Well, not anymore. We do that road. It is constantly, it is hours of wow. Um, just West Virginia and Virginia, the two of those states are... It's it's between the day where we ride those two states and Kentucky that are my favorite. Absolutely. Um, also, every time I've tried to tell a friend of mine, hey, you know, we also ride the entire Blue Ridge Parkway, it's a mixture of one of two things. Either the guy says or the gal says, well, I, you know, I love the Blue Ridge Parkway. It's beautiful, but it's kind of slow. Or they say, I've never done it before. This is amazing. This is beautiful. Look around. It's gorgeous. You know, it's one mm -hmm. or the other. So I developed a second version of what would be the day of the Blue Ridge Parkway, and it's just unbelievably technical and gorgeous. It's uh, y You actually deviate away from the Blue Ridge Parkway two times over. You, you return to the Blue Ridge Parkway twice, um, but you totally get your fill of uh, five to one. It's five times the curves in nondescript, less known, lesser-known roads that are definitely paved. I already checked them. Uh, mm -hmm. and each time you return to the Blue Ridge Parkway, that's an opportunity to say like, you know what? I could go for some more of that. Or, you know what? I'm done. And just ride the Blue Ridge Parkway the rest of the way. And it, it basically turns, I think a 260 mile day into a 340 mile day of just curvy chaos. Um, nice. and that, that's my brag. I'm sticking to it. Um, after that, it's 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 Tennessee. They get the chance to ride the dragon. So if you've never ridden Trail of the Dragon, you wake up in North Carolina the next day, you can either ride the dragon or you can go to the Wheels Through Time Museum, which is supposed to be absolutely incredible. I've not been, and I've ridden the dragon a few times, so I'm thinking it might be time to check that out. Uh, Kentucky is 
sort of so good that it's unmentionable because it's such a rural threat. You know, it's really, really isolated in Kentucky. But it is just plain bomb writing. Incredibly good writing there. Mm -hmm. And then Indiana. Beautiful, beautiful southern Indiana. I'm talking about that flat, boring northern Indiana crap. I'm talking about the good roads and the Brown, Brown County. Brown and, County. Yeah, which is good. I was down there this summer for the uh, GS Resources Forum. Yeah, it was a good time. I say, Robin, you're going to be on a different sort of GS Resources now. The BMW R1200 GS is... Same motor. Same motor. <laughs> no, I'm not buying high-vis. No, I'm not going to be wearing GS or BMW branded jackets. I'm not even sure, you know, these are my people yet because they seem very, you know, we, we like to get together in BMW where we talk about BMW at the BMW, the BMWs. Do you BMW? BMW? Like, <laughs> I just want to ride the bike. I bought the bike because I like the bike. I know a couple of people on the RS that are just good, ordinary people. You know, I've got a couple of friends that have them. The, the RS is definitely the outlier, too. It's like there's RT people and there's mm -hmm. GS people. And, like, I feel like the RS attracts people who would yeah who like used to ride a suzuki or a yamaha or a yep a sport yeah, bike most of them most of the guys i know have the older r1100 rs that's a good looking bike that, too absolutely love that bike yeah that's the tour in a nutshell what's left to do is we're actually developing sightseeing tours too this tour was always about twisties uh, mm -hmm. maybe people aren't in the mood for that if i can convince them to sign up i do have maps for where they could go to see some pretty amazing things. I know that our good friend Hian, who runs VotoCycle on YouTube, VotoCycling, she just took a day at one point. She was like, you know what? I've had enough for, for the past three days. I'm going to take one day. And she headed directly to Maggie Valley, North Carolina, which is just beautiful. So I thought, well, why don't I come up with a third option for people who just want to sightsee? So do whatever you want to do. You know what I mean? Now we're on to Tim. Mr. Clark is going to talk about some new kit. Tim, what you got for All us today? Right. All right, what I got my head in last little while was the, I saw a article, and I already forgot what magazine or website it was on, it was saying how the airbag suits are now mandatory in MotoGP, and there were a couple other classes that uh, those are involved. And so these are the ones where you're on the tether, you come off the bike, and some of them are claiming as little as like 0.1 second deployment of these airbag vests that it basically protects your core and a lot of them have a collar that basically becomes a neck brace that supports underneath your helmet you know there's a jackie chan movie where he jumps out of an airplane in an inflatable globe yep <laughs> yep that's what i'm picturing yeah. with this oh yeah it's pretty damn close <laughs> so i i'm just starting to see that like just get on the bike with it fully inflated already. Well, that well, the funny thing too is like so often in, in MotoGP, like you low side, these guys are already angry before they even hit the gravel. Like mm -hmm. you can see them like ah, oh, like pounding the ground as they're sliding across the pavement at seventy <laughs> miles an hour. Yeah, and the and low they, side is no big deal. And then yeah. they get back up, and then they get on the bike, and then they keep racing. 
and then they don't have the airbag anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yep. But yeah, it's that high side that is just devastating where you've, especially the speeds those guys are going, sometimes you'll see oh, yeah. them get tossed like 10 feet up in yeah. the air. It's just insane. So I, I started digging in and started shopping around and looking at them and you know, trying to decide, you know, how practical is this for riding on the street? <laughs> now they've been out in consumer product enough that the prices are coming down. I mean, like the race kits, you know, the ones built into your leather race suit, they're 2,500 plus, you know, for a nice race suit with the airbag built in. But uh, so a lot of them are coming out. They're just vests and some of them are like simple, like, spine protector ones that mm -hmm. when they when they expand they kind of could come down a little bit past your butt to protect your lower spine and they come up almost like a backboard up about to the top of your helmet mm. and those ones were pretty pretty uh pretty low cost for 50 500 bucks i think was what they were selling that i could find i Honestly, didn't look that closely for that. But I was mostly starting to read up on a lot of the reviews where people are actually wearing these on the street, getting into crashes and getting kind of real world testing. What is it like to live with one of these things on your back? So, I mean, it sounds like, you know, these are the kind of things where you're getting, you're coming off the bike, you're tumbling, you're landing on something hard and nasty. And, you know, instead of breaking ribs, breaking collarbones, you know, or even like doing uh, you know, neck damage because your head's whipping around. You know, this is saving people of that. And you know, after my little experience of you know my ankle breaking, I'm really kind of appreciate. You know, six hundred thirty dollars sounds like a pretty damn cheap price for this for this uh, turtle airbag vest that I looked at. Is kind of like the best of the lower priced ones that I I have found so far. Yeah, that's what I'm looking at now. Is it looks like the R and D went into how simple can we make this thing and mm -hmm. still keep it effective. It looks like they did a good job. Yeah, that company's been around since 2002, I think, is what I read. I mean, they've they've been around a long time. They had you know plenty of time. I think that they first started coming out in '95 is what I remember reading. So they've been around. They've it should be a pretty mature product now. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so it's, I mean, if, if you put the price in per perspective, I broke my ankle. I've spent $630 worth in copays, uh, metal equi medical equipment, the knee scooter, the crutches, the cane, the silly uh, peg leg walking um, <laughs> <laughs> crutch. That, that was ridiculous. We still got to motorize that thing. It was almost a giggle. So, I mean, that's... I mean, if you look, talking about that, it's like spend the same amount of money, of the money but don't have the pain. It would be awesome. Sure. I would trade that, you know, I'd trade that for a second for not having broken my ankle. That's a good way to look at it, man. So do the math on what it costs to get your body fixed and then think about whether or not this is really a high price mark. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and I've got good insurance. So, I mean, 630, you'll blow through that easy, you know, whether it's, you know, and just an inconvenience. Like I've spent more money on eating out because I just couldn't stand long enough to cook myself food in the kitchen. Yeah, God. Yeah. You know, it's so I I gotta. I'm a I'm a bit of a safety dork. I mean, I would be one of these guys that would go out and spend money on this, and I would take the two seconds every time I get on the bike, get off the bike, to unclip myself from the tether. 
As soon as I get out from underneath my crippling motorcycle debt, I might actually look at one of these things. But at the same time, uh, you know, cool product. And uh, with mm-hmm. that, I know that Travis is nowhere near ready for this. Travis, what's the deal, man? What's the model focus? What aren't you ready to talk about today? Oh, um, so I was down uh, visiting uh, family uh, for, air quotes, the holidays in uh, early January, because uh, that's when we had time to actually go down to Illinois and visit people. And I was hanging out with the in-laws in Best Plains, and uh, my wife was on the computer, and my father-in-law was on the computer, and <laughs> my mother-in-law was at work. And I was like, I'm, I'm going to go to the bike shop, because it's like a mile down the road. And I'm just going to kill an hour. So I went to the Honda dealer there. And they and I'd seen pig bikes. I think I saw it at the bike show. But there's so much at the bike show. But it's like, this is the first time I really looked at the new 2018 Honda CB650F. Like, the CBR650F's been out for a while in the United States. Like, I think 2014 it came out. And it's been, I think, revamped since then. Uh, the 650, the CB650F is the naked version. And it's, of course, been in Europe for a while, but they finally brought it over to the United States. And um, man, it looks pretty. Like it's, uh, you know, it's not as hardcore as like the CBR. It's not a super sport motor. It's like sort of a bored out, detuned or like retuned super sport motor. So it's more low and mid end. You know, you don't have to rev it out to 20,000 RPM to get the power out of it like a super sport. But it looks Italian, man. Like it's got these, you know, four big chrome headers coming out of it. They're beautiful. Pack super tight together because mm-hmm. it's a little 600 motor. It's like a wavy, wavy blonde. Yeah, they sweep to the left and they're chrome and they're packed tight and they just, it looks so good. Yeah. And it's got that beautiful compact engine package that it's got there. It's very much like the, the CB500 engine and the CB or the CRF1000, you know, the Africa twin engine. They're both of these very compact layouts. Yeah. Um, and the... I love the little gold magnesium case color on it too. Yeah, it's it just it it looks cool. Um, it uh, it reminds me a lot of the old Hornet, the five nine nine. Yeah, I love the five nine nine or the nine one nine. Which one has the better light? I think the five nine nine is the the headlight I like better, but the the chassis in general just a elegant elegant concept. Yeah, I mean, well, the nine one nine was bigger, and then the after I think after two thousand. Or you got adjustable suspension on it, but uh, too the one thing though is it has a standard fork that's not adjustable. Okay, wait, which what? Is kind of a bummer. So it's yeah. kind of the same as who you've got on the NC seven hundred and on and the, the CB five hundred. CB five hundred, same same level yeah. of shock. Wow. Which I don't know if that's just um, like a cost cutting measure or if it's like I don't know if Honda's philosophy is more like you should just tune your shocks I don't know. <laughs> but it's not adjustable so you'd have to get a valve and, and dig with it so that's a big pain in the butt um the other thing i thought was neat about it is like the cb and the nc it does not have a hub carrier for the brake discs the brake discs are bolted directly to the wheel but it's dual disc there's there's dual discs um but it's uh but yeah that exhaust and it's got like that modern sort of naked street fighter um that modern naked street fighter uh styling to it so i think it i think it looks good because i thought i thought the the cbr version was kind of whatever you know but the, the the naked version looks really good that also i wanted to mention the new for 2018 uh but it's not coming out i think until like mid-year or maybe the fall 
the CB1000R, the new CB1000R that's like Neo Retro. Oh. Yeah, I'm seeing around, pretty. there's like a few of them where they mention a cafe version, but it's got standard bars. And I, yeah, yeah, it reminds me. Well, I think it's cafe inspired styling, is what they're called, because it's like Neo Retro. Yeah. But yeah. it reminds me a lot of the big one. I just yeah. all I mean is that if they're gonna put the word cafe on it, it should be a forward profile posture. And it has it should have clubman. It should have clubman. Well, it does on have it. the rear sets on it. It just doesn't have the clubman bars. Yeah, so it's a little off, but they, you know, people are misusing that term as of the past ten years. It's just been a sloppy blathering. But the fact is, back to the bike. The bike is sick. Yeah, too, because the old, the, the current generation or last generation CB1000 looked like the 650 is a modern naked Street Fighter kind of thing. Kind of had love it or hate it sort of looks, you know, angular. Um, I thought it was a cool bike, but um, this one just looks good. Again, it kind of looks Italian. Like it looks like a monster almost. Like it's very, that round headlight with the LED bezel surround, like the angel eye headlight, um, you know, big swoopy kind of muscular lines. Uh, the seat cowl on the, on the passenger seat, it just looks tough and cool. Oh yeah. It's, it's going to look really nice. The exhaust too. I, it's just a good bike. Good boy. Yeah, I'd, I would love to see one of those with the uh, with a full exhaust system replacement, where they get rid of that catalytic converter on the bottom. Mm -hmm. It looks just a touch clunky. Yeah, that's what they did to the Hawk if GT. You're looking at it. So if yeah. you pull that out, it's going to look so lean. Yeah, sm a smaller can and uh, and get rid of the collector, and it'll look. Yeah, it would look really good. But you got it's got to make your four. So yeah, and I'm honestly not one to do. I don't tend to replace exhausts anyways but aesthetically i really appreciate it yeah i, I might do an exhaust swap on the nc at some point because yeah it's just the the first gen nc's got that big round chrome can on it but the post 2016 style update on the nc looks good with the black triangular can but this the, the earlier one like mine man it's just i don't know and yeah, it's probably sound a little better but then i got a I got to figure out way to the center stand work, which you got to do on the Hawk GT too, because you get rid of because the exhaust because the can has the catch for the center stand. Right, but you were the one that helped me fix that. That's what we fixed when you were over here last time. That that now works. I took it for a ride. I mean, there's a reason I know what it feels like now, and it's because that actually is held in place kind of proper. I would like to mint it a little bit better, but anyhow, I'm gonna take this instance. We. We don't have any listener questions for this episode, but if you have any questions for us that you'd like us to address or topics you'd like us to entertain, please email your questions and concerns via our contact form, which is located at tro.email, that's tro.email, or by calling 224-358-3010. That's 224-358-3010, which brings us to the Mess Alamoto. On, the, on to this week's Mess Alamoto, brought to you by... Mr. Burleson. The super slick, ultra badass motorcycle mega posse of incredible fun. Super Slick Ultra Badass Motorcycle Mega Plus of Incredible Power is super slick, ultra badass, and just as a side note, it's also incredibly powerful. 
And also very tired and kind of sick. Oh yeah, man. This is an <laughs> ill, ill day. We we had well, you know what? There's a, I'll post all kinds of goofy stuff in the actual podcast uh, page for this one, this episode. But the only thing that really stands out is this whole thing from give a shift, give a shift, or G period, A period, A, S period, which you can look up. If you type into Google, give a shift, trying to help save the motorcycle industry, you'll find an article that goes into detail about what they, what their concerns are. And I got to be honest with you, in some ways, I have no empathy at all for the industry. But in other ways, I guess I do. This particular friend kind of stirs paranoia in his fear that future generations will render motorcycling illegal or uninsurably obsolete, which to me just screams dumbing down of society. I I responded to the article in the comment section, and one of two things happened. Either my comment got lost at the bottom and never got upvoted, or they deleted it because I, I went off a little bit. When you find out that some kid found a $300 bike in a barn and turned it into what he decided was a scrambler. And as a result, you respond by releasing 20 scramblers all at, you know, $13,000 plus. And then you express concern over the future of the industry. It's going to be kind of hard for people to relate to that. What what happened to the, we've talked about this. The assembly line bike doesn't lend itself well to the father, son, here's how you wrench boy or girl, you know? It just doesn't... Modern motorcycles are computerized and bring it to the dealership, pay us a fee, bring it to the dealership, pay us a fee. And then they wonder why, you know, nobody's paying the millennials anything for any work they do. It's all like, we live in a society of interns. Travis, you have your beer in your nose. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, exactly. It's like, well, yeah, the, the, what is that? I mean, it's that same old problem that's been going on for a long time. Like, anytime, like, let's look at the automotive industry. Anytime the automotive industry makes a cool, hip, little car to sell to young people, who buys it? Old people. Yeah. And not, they're not like, they're not mm-hmm. like middle, like old, like their grand, like the, the, they're like, let's make, you know, let's make the PT Cruiser, let's make the Chevy Sonic, let's make this cool, funky, little, small car that's like, funky and cool and like relatively cheap and octogenarians buy it because it's cheap and comfortable and like 20 year olds don't have the money to buy brand new vehicles like most of them don't yeah most of them don't know the concept of what it goes into financing yeah well or they don't have the credit or they just don't have the money like they don't have a job that would facilitate making payments on a thing yeah um, and especially, I think that in current the current generation, and of course it's a it's a broad statement, but is even more so like more debt coming out. Like everyone, everybody who was raised in the '90s is told you need to go to college, and then they all went to college, hundred grand, and they all got a bunch of debt, and then they got out of college, and like I have this degree in this thing, and they can't find it, and then they're working in some other field, entry level position. You want one shot or two? Yeah. <laughs> What, double, is that a double shot in that uh, mochaccino? Because it's not there. It's you know, it's that same millennials are killing the diamond industry. It's like I ain't got no money to buy no diamonds. <laughs> <laughs> yes, millennials are frugal. They are doing the best they can. The millennials ain't to blame for the industry's unwillingness to hear them. Yeah, it's like yeah, this is it's like BMW's like we're gonna make this throwback retro bike. Yeah, and it's gonna be thirteen thousand dollars. It's like who bought it? And, and it's going to be a scrambled scrambler scrambler that scrambles. And it's like, well, and then we'll do a scrambler version and do all that. 
but it's like uh, it's like really the only the only one really doing anything is is Honda, the CVs. Manufacturing does does not get to dictate what the buyers should feel responsible to buy. It's the other way around. The manufacturing they had a confident few years some time ago, and now that's not sticking. They need to stop, learn, observe. And then price things to save their own butt. Because that's the situation. The pricing needs to be set up in a way that is going to save both the consumer interest and the market itself. Well, I, I think one of the things that you are seeing is like popularities of the, the 500s coming back. Like even Yamaha's FC07 really well sold really well. It was very reasonably priced. Um, I think even like the ones that are getting really big press are like the 400s, the like, goodness, the KTM 390 was a, oh, it's a great bike, a favorite in the press. Um, I haven't had a chance to ride one yet myself. I would love to, you know, the little uh, mini Duke or whatever it is. And even the, the Grom, I can't believe I've seen packs of Groms in Madison. Yeah. And they're giggling. You know? They're having a blast. Yeah, and I've never seen I've never seen a Grom on the street with both wheels on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's it's cheap, it's fun, it it really it's basic. It's not a super complicated thing to work on or to accessorize. So there's a lot of what grabs people about motorcycles in those cheap small bikes. Yeah, that's a big key right there. Is that you want to be able to feel a connection with your machine. You want to be able to work on it, and they keep on oppressing that concept that you want to be able to get your hands dirty on this now hard to get to machine that requires special tools. I, I don't know what kind of meant what went into that. I know that they're better in reliability, but give us an opportunity to enjoy the machine. I mean, N Nintendo is coming out with games where you can design the cardboard pieces. That you receive in the mail and then you fold them into the physical version of the game and then you plug their little device into it and you play with this cardboard and it's like well that, that sounds like fun you know i would yeah. want to i want to do that with my bike give me a component-based <laughs> bike that's accessible metric and wrench friendly with all the fixings of what modern uh knowledge has brought us and better still give us the electric bike yeah make it happen yeah. well most of those are still over 10 grand you know, oh yeah for the basic but, basic ones yeah for what should be a six grand commuter is fourteen thousand dollars unacceptable yeah. that is unacceptable you know drop that price make it a kit system make it modular make the future tech adapt uh you know we need to have a relationship as consumers with those who make the bikes they don't want that they just want the money and the sale and to tally the next model the peculiarities and difficulties of developing an electric vehicle raise the cost. And if it's the same thing with, with cars, you know, um, everyone's excited about Tesla. You can, uh, you can go to any Chevy dealer right now and get a Chevy Bolt, mm -hmm. which is their, their full electric car, which is as good as a Tesla 3 mm -hmm. for like seven grand off MSRP. Wow. Because like nobody, wow, nobody knows that Chevrolet makes an electric, electric car. car. There you go. I mean, yep. it's it's still like thirty grand. Like it's still like more expensive than it's than buying a Kia, and you're essentially getting a nice Kia that's electric. Mm -hmm. You know, but yeah, um, but 
for motorcycles, there's no major manufacturer. You know, it's these little startups that have these have high costs. They're all tes- They're all Tesla. You know, Lightning, Zero. They're all these little startups. They don't have any other. They can't take a hit on those electric bikes. So all their R and D, all their overhead has to go into the pricing. But like, if, if Harley actually put the live wire, which looked cool, I would ride one of those. Nice. And and I'm not a Harley because it looked kind of like it was like a standard naked. It looked a lot like that. The new CB1000 kind of had a retro neo retro standard sport look to it. Yeah, but they didn't make it with any particular intention. It's just it just was a showpiece. It was a prototype yeah. thing, but if they put those into production, that's something I'd be interested in. I think it'd be super cool. I think the company with the highest chance of coming out with a real good one is probably Yamaha. Because Yamaha right now is actually working on electric mountain bikes and electric commuter bikes, but pedal bikes. So they're putting serious effort into producing these. They actually have a electric freeride mountain bike that they were they ran an advertisement side by side with their WR250R dual sport bike. So I'm really hoping that they start developing more and because they could throw out something with enough volume and hopefully get enough sales to actually make them price competitive with gas engines. They've got the power and they're doing it from the ground up. That is really smart. So one like level at a time. And I mean, you know my vote. I'd like to develop a book that would just, like we said, we saw that Ninja 500 EX that they converted into electric. I would love to create it. I would love to start a service where we started doing that for people with junk frames. Like they send us the frame, we build them an electric bike and send it back to them for a fee. That'd be a lot of fun. Just need the right people in on it. And with that, that's our episode for this round. Tune in next time for more discussion on all things specific to sport touring or universal to motorcycling as a whole. For the right... <coughs> for the writingobsession.com, I'm about 40% of Robin Dean. I'm Travis. Something. And I'm Tim Clark. Safe travels, everyone.